Hey, thank you so much for joining us for episode number 17 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. Now, I hope, Brian, I gave a little more pizzazz, a little more oomph. Uh, to that uh, statement on the beginning. Chutzpah is what that was. was There it is. Okay, (laughs) energy. Energy is a good thing. So let's, uh, this is, we've got to start in a good spot, and we need to know more about the guys that are sitting at the table. And, you know, we have duties that we must perform in uh, our homes. They really are important, and there's some really important ones that uh, that I want to reference, like vacuuming the house washing dishes, mowing the lawn, uh, or and cleaning the bathrooms. So what I'd love to hear is from each of the fellows at the table, which one of these would you rather do? Like there's a list of four. Which one would you rather do? Like if you had to choose one of the four, which one are you going to do first? And then, because just for the fun of it, I'd love to hear the order. Like most preferred all the way down to least preferred, Okay. All right, Tim, you get to go first. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, it's easy for me. Mow the lawn. I knew that one that, was going to be the. That's a happy that. place for yes. me and uh, outdoors. So that that would be the one I would prefer. So the second one is what I'm really interested in. Well, the the second one would be uh, probably wash dishes. Okay. Uh, because okay. I I don't like them to stack up and yes. and just clutter up the. The sink. Good, good. Uh, I would have to go um, vacuum the house next okay. uh, yeah, because not. the bathroom is the bathroom. And <laughs> I try to clean up after myself, but uh, that'd be the last place that I want to uh, <laughs> clean. And it wouldn't be first on my list anyway. That's but good. out of okay. necessity, we'll okay. keep it clean. Yes. All right. Let's keep going. Who wants to go first? And Brian's looking at Kyle. So Kyle. Yeah. Um, mine is actually going to be exactly the same. Is it? Okay. Uh, so mowing the lawn is going to be uh, the one that I choose first. Yes. really enjoy that. And then uh, washing the dishes, that's my usual task yes. at, at the house. Um, so that doesn't bother me. And then, yeah, vacuuming and cleaning okay. the bathroom. Okay, gotcha, order. gotcha. So. Okay, no surprises yet. Yeah. Well, Man, I'm just really trying to live with the attitude of Jesus because of last week's message. And sure, so I'll just sure. say that I'm just happy to serve. Oh, However. my goodness. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever wants. Just, uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he only said that because Kaylee's listening. That she is emergency. not listening, I don't think, actually. Maybe she is. Um, so I'll say, uh, just to be interesting, I'll switch things up a little bit uh, and say that y'all are crazy. Uh, it is 100 and something degrees by the feels like all summer long, so sure. cutting the grass. Y'all's grass is probably also, I don't know, maybe maybe just a little bit less you know weedy than mine has been this season, so cutting it can be a, can be a pain. Uh, I'll go dishes at the top. Okay. That's my usual task around the house as yes. well. Uh, getting out in the hot sun with a nice sun hat uh, and cutting the grass is probably number two. I do enjoy it, though. Uh, vacuuming would be number three, and then, yeah, cleaning the bathroom is last. So that would be my order as well yep. because I'm going to choose the washing of the – Tanya loves to cook, and she does a great job, mm-hmm. and so I've decided that – She's going to do a great job, so maybe I could clean the dishes. That's it. So that's uh, that's a good partnership. Then. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It works really well for me, uh, and 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 it's good. It's a good thing. So all right, I just thought that would be an interesting question for us to walk through. Now, leaders, let me speak to you for just a moment before we get into talking about the passage. 
Uh, one of the things that uh, several weeks ago I put in your boxes, uh, this brightly colored pink uh, piece of cardstock. It was titled on the top of it, How to Take Attendance. I want to uh, address two things on that list. Specifically, how to collect visitor information. Visitors are extraordinarily important to us. They really are. We have got to do uh, a stellar job, uh, to thinking back to our BBS title. Uh, we've got to do an amazing job of collecting accurate information uh, of our first-time visitors as well as returning visitors. So let's talk about that really quick. Uh, as is listed on that brightly colored piece of, piece of paper, we're going to collect that information using the app. So you're going to open the Church Center app. At the bottom, you're going to select Groups. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, once you're in groups, you're going to select your group uh, that you're collecting information for. And then you'll select at the top of the page uh, on the app, you'll, you'll select resources. And as you scroll down to the bottom of the resources that are available where your life group material and the position descriptions that we have, you'll find a resource titled uh, Visitor Information QR Code. So if you'll click on that, whenever you open that up, it'll redirect your device uh, to a QR code, which you will then show to the visitor. You'll show that to the visitor, and then they'll take their device and scan that QR code, and then they'll just input the information that we're asking for into that form. They'll press submit, and that'll come to us. We'll be certain to get that information to you as well. And then, and then finally, to wrap up collecting new visitor information, at the bottom of the page where you're, where you're marking attendance, uh, you'll scroll down and, and select the number of visitors, whether they're first time or returning, uh, the number of visitors at the bottom of that page, right? So if you got two, choose two. And then you just list their names in the, um, in, in the notes section. That way we can, whenever we look at the forms, we know which group that they were visiting, if they were a first-time visitor for. So um, be sure to use that QR code. It's a simple tool, and it's easy uh, to collect that information. And then, uh, so we have two different types of visitors, right? We have a first-time visitor, and then we also have a returning visitor. Those are important to us also. Uh, like if this is their second time to visit, uh, that we want to celebrate that. We want to get that information, so you'll scroll down. Uh, you don't have to use the, the QR code for them because we, we got that the you know, in a previous week, but you do need to scroll down to the bottom, select how many visitors that you have, right, and then put their name in the in the notes section. That way, we can know who the visitor was, and then we'll already have their uh, their information in our system. So, if it's their second time to visit your group within a reasonable amount of time, then we're going to go ahead and add them to your ministry list, so that you don't have to do this again in the future. You can just mark them present. So. All right, I hope that's helpful. Uh, thank you so much. We have seen a number of visitors, uh, both first-time and returning visitors, in, in light, not only in worship, but also in life group. And it's just so important that we collect accurate information. So thank you for doing that. Um, so, all right, let's uh, transition and talk about uh, we're continuing in the sermon series in Philippians uh, this coming Sunday, our focus Focal pass, passage uh, will be Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say there's a verse in here where one of these verses just really gets in my business. And if we could change one word, like if we could change a word in the Bible, I'm all in, okay? I know we can't do that, but I'm just saying if we could. 
For sure. And now you have them guessing which word that is, but I think I know. I think I know too. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, seven verses this week. Uh, our title in the lesson is Shine as Lights. The uh, biblical emphasis, uh, as you will see, is Paul is challenging these believers to live out their faith in such a way that they shine brightly in the dark world and bring glory to God. That means uh, basically they look different and sound different. They're living life reflecting the character and conduct of Christ. Uh, As we jump into uh, verse 12, there's your connecting word, therefore. The old rule of thumb is every time you see a therefore, you must stop and check and see what it is there for. And this one's pretty simple. It connects what we've just studied last week with uh, Christ's example through His incarnation uh, and His death on the cross and then His exaltation with what uh, we're about to hear uh, about living out our faith by working out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so it refers back to Jesus' example and then looks ahead to how we live at our life uh, following the example of Christ. Uh, Verses 12 and 13, probably um, good to see them kind of as partner verses together. Um, They provide us with a wonderful starting point for understanding what we are living out in our faith today. This word in, in theology is called sanctification. That is that lifelong obedience of believers as we're learning and growing to be more like Christ in character and conduct. At Liberty, it's us learning to live out our measures uh, as a disciple of Christ. That's the way we will phrase it. Uh, This passage is not about a works-based righteousness, so we need to uh, make sure that we're clear uh, with that with our uh, life group uh, folks and and let them know Paul is not talking about working for your salvation because we can't earn that. It's not a biblical concept. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, we're saved by grace through faith in Christ. But he is talking about working out your salvation, and there's a huge difference between working for and working out. And the basic difference is Christ has done for us all that was needed for our salvation, And uh, we are learning and growing in that relationship with Jesus and uh, growing up in that salvation uh, as we're learning to follow His example and live in obedience. Um, Christ has done the work on the cross to bring us uh, justifications, another theological term that when we recognize our need as sinners to repent, turn from sin, and put our trust in Jesus as Savior, based upon His work on the cross and His resurrection, then uh, when we put our trust in Jesus, we're born again and we're declared righteous in Christ, and that's justification. Again, we're leaning into sanctification, living in light of our salvation day by day. I love the way one person put it, said Paul in verse 12 um, opens up by Uh, connecting what has been said with what he's about to command, but then commending them for their obedience. Um, These are believers that are close to his heart. He said, whether I'm with you or absent, uh, particularly in my absence, he commended their obedience. So he is uh, exhorting them with encouragement, 
And then he offers a clear command to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And inevitably, we have to ask, uh, what does it mean to work out your salvation? Uh, Simply means uh, probably to follow Christ's example, that that example that we unpacked last week in in, um, verses 5 through 11. And uh, Jesus has given us a pattern for obedience shown us what it looks like to be humble, to be others-focused, God-glorifying in our obedience. Uh, We are to continue to grow in the measures of a disciple that are ours when we're born again, uh, to grow up to be more like Christ in character and conduct. Uh, The command here, and it is a command, is for believers to make a continuing day-by-day effort to work out to ultimate completion our salvation, and that is to to live our life like Christ, character and conduct, which has been graciously granted to us by God through our faith in Jesus. Uh, John MacArthur said the principle of working out salvation has two aspects. One pertains to personal conduct, uh, to be faithful, obedient in everyday life. And the second aspect is working out one's salvation as perseverance, uh, that of faithful obedience over a lifetime. Salvation has three dimensions. We have been saved, past. We are being saved, present. That's our sanctification. And we shall be saved, future. That's glorification. So this is a challenge, work out your own salvation Uh, of a long obedience in the same direction, perseverance, steadfastness. Uh, We live in a crazy world that is fast-paced, anything from fast food to instant internet, microwave, but sanctification is a slow process. It is a lifelong process. So Paul is exhorting believers who are under pressure, who are receiving external opposition as well as internal disruption at times to remain steadfast and living their life uh, in faithfulness and humility, uh, esteeming others, but obediently as well. There's a good insight into the verb here of work out, and uh, it, it reminds us that Working out our own salvation is not only an individual, personal matter, but it's also a body life matter or a corporate matter or one of community of faith. So the, the verb work out is plural. And, uh, and the pronoun your can be seen that Paul's command should not be interpreted just as individual but also as corporate in the sense of a community of faith helping us to grow up in our salvation. And I think that is an insight need to lean into a little bit. Uh, Work out your own salvation and do so with brothers and sisters in the context of a local church. We need each other, and we need to gather as brothers and sisters in Christ so that we can spur one another on in this great salvation that is by grace through faith in Christ, but one we're learning to live in and learning to live out as we grow in Christ. Uh, What does fear and trembling mean? Uh, Certainly, uh, we are to fear a holy God. We live in awe day by day um, 
And so on one hand, I, I think it means never forget uh, the holiness and righteousness of our Father and to stand in awe of who He is, but of the very idea that we as sinners can be declared righteous in Christ and enter into His presence. Uh, that drives us to that humility maybe of trembling before Him or submission to His will. So, you know, based upon what we just saw in Christ's example of, of His um, life emptying Himself out and becoming obedient even to the point of death on the cross, uh, that humiliation led to His exaltation. And and so, um, just seeing his example and hearing those words, uh, we, we need to be reminded that we are to maintain a healthy fear of a holy God. And Proverbs reminds us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that's part of learning to live out our salvation and grow up in Christ. Um, and so, living in awe of Him. And even knowing that it's by God's grace and only in Christ that we can enter the very presence of the Lord. But understanding that we have that opportunity and we are to come humbly and surrendered. Uh, Verse 13 is a beautiful verse. It reminds us it's not... Uh, just us, that, uh, that we're not in this by ourselves, that it is Christ, uh, God who is at work in us both to will and do His good pleasure. Uh, we can work out our salvation as we live out our life on earth because of God's good work in us. So following that imperative, that command, Paul provides some really good encouragement for us, reminding the believers at Philippi and us that we aren't called to obey in our own strength, in our own ability to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and to be faithful in our own uh, energy and strength, but God is working in us to enable us not just to desire the right things, but to do them. And so great encouragement, uh, God is at work in us. Paul says that working in us is for his good pleasure. And so that's good news that uh, God is at work. His mighty power is accomplishing, uh, that we are not alone, and God is for us and not against us. It's a good question in your curriculum there, uh, and and listen, I'm I'm just bought into this concept of uh, looking back on what God has done in your life. Uh, one good. of the reasons I'm bought into that is because of the sluggishness of sanctification. Right, right. God is more patient with me than I am. Yeah. God is more patient with others than I am, mm. and so uh, there are parts and points of my sanctification journey, things that I really do not like about my mind or my attitude or the way that I obey. Or, or, or lack thereof, yeah. uh, that I wish God would just snap the finger and make it happen. Um, it's important for us to remember, uh, this goes back to even a, you know, a, a lost person can appreciate the, the wisdom in the quote, hindsight is twenty twenty. Sure. When you look back on your life and you see how God has moved, you can trust that even now he continues to move. Now, it's harder to see that moment by moment. We get stuck and 
again, that frustration and impatience, but uh, having the members of your life group look back over their lives and say, hey, we've seen God do a work in you. We've seen God move in your life. We've seen him change things about you. So, so, So keep at it. Keep yeah. at it. Continue to persevere. And that goes not just for the individual, but for the life of the church as well, right? True. Can we as a church look back and say, man, we've seen God move here, and can that motivate us to watch him continue to do so? That's good. Good. Now, um, we we jump into a, a new section, uh, one favorite. that is uh, Matt's favorite. I, I would guess <laughs> that verse 14 has that one word that Matt would like ding, to change ding, in ding, the ding, Bible. Ding, ding, yes. Ding, ding. Uh, <laughs> Paul moves to meddling in our business by it talking is. about our attitude. Uh, and if you want to just put it in a concise statement, stop complaining and start shining. So, mm-hmm. Matt, where where is God meddling in your Look, business? I, I don't. I don't want to go crazy or anything. But if we could just change the word all, move it from all to, I, I'd be okay with most. Do most things. Yes. Do most. most would yeah. be okay. Yeah, I'd but it good. is do everything. Yeah. All things without complaining. So what's in view? Everything. Uh, Live all of life, doing everything you're called to do. uh, And that's whether you're at home, whether you're at work, whether you're at school, whether you're in community, whether you're at church, uh, do it without complaining. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm very thankful that the Baptist of today um, can be encouraged by the believers then that yes. our old flesh is is a flesh that loves to complain. It tends and to get in the way. It, it gets in the yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, why in the world would Paul mention this kind of temptation to grumble, to complain? The, the reason's obvious is because it's a temptation. And uh, when life is not easy, uh, when, when growing in Christ is painful, uh, when pursuing holiness is, is slow, uh, when we trip and fall and trip and fall, uh, when loving others is um, feels like it's one-sided sometimes instead of reciprocal, uh, all these things uh, make us uh, tempted anyway to complain. And complaining is a temptation for anyone as a believer or in a local church because uh, another reason we complain is others don't live up to our expectation. Right. But just like we counsel in in premarital counseling, we must remember we're just a sinner, one sinner, about to uh, commit our life before God to another person who is also a sinner. And so we are both imperfect people coming together in a relationship that will not be perfect. Uh, It can be good and God-pleasing in many, many ways, but at some point we let that other person down. And in the church, it's the same way. It doesn't matter if it's a, the pastor or a staff member or a life group leader or a deacon or a worship leader or greeters or somebody that uh, you're leaning on to spur you on. They let you down. Forget about you. Don't check on you in time. Uh, when people don't meet our expectations, we are tempted to complain. And sometimes we can uh, be tempted to be disruptive in our complaining. And then verses 15 and 16, quickly, the reason to avoid the grumbling and arguing, and that is that you may be different, that you may become blameless and harmless. Mm. Listen to those words, blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. 
that you will look different than the lost world around you. Light shines in darkness because it is different. We're not talking about sinless perfection, but we are talking about a distinctive character trait that is different. The world complains. So if we refuse to be victim of that temptation of complaining, we will stand out and be distinctive, and we will not lose our influence or saltiness, as Jesus said in Matthew 5, uh, in the world in which we live. Uh, We need to remember the world is watching, people are listening, and we need to ask ourselves consistently, what are they seeing and what are they hearing? And does what they see and what they hear stand out like bright stars against a dark sky? Uh, This was Paul's concern, I think, pertaining to that complaining, that grumbling, that the watching world may not see a difference in the people who profess to follow Christ. Uh, We are called to shine like stars, like a city on a hill, and we will when our conversation remains blameless, pure, and faultless. And then verse 16, holding firmly to the message of life. Um, I I love the way one commentator put it. Paul is calling the church to be a proclaiming church of truth and not a complaining church. And so don't lose sight of holding firmly to the message of life. So in contrast to complaining, we should be defending and proclaiming the words of life are the good news of the gospel of Christ. Uh, don't let go of truth in the midst of a dark, difficult culture. Um, then anticipating the day of Christ, Paul moves on and, and from his exhortations to just personal uh, things. In verse 16, uh, he said, Hold fast the word of life. Why? Purpose clause. So that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I've not run in vain or labored in vain, that my investment in you has done some good, um, that, that I have not wasted these years by pouring into you because I can see growth and, and because of, of um, you standing before Christ one day and hearing, well done. Verses 17 and 18, Paul kind of changes the image from running and working to being a sacrificial offering. Uh, he is gladly spending and being spent for their very souls, as he said to the believers and uh, said in Corinthians. Uh, the previous images of a runner and a laborer imply endurance, but this is a, a message implies more. It implies that Paul has poured out his life for them, and he is happy to pour out his own life for them if the gospel advances and if their growth to be like Christ is advancing. Uh, So it's a glad offering. And then he encourages the church to to follow his example. Uh, We have the example of Christ in verses 5 through 11, and then Paul throws his example of pouring his life out for them and calls on them to follow suit, to uh, be willing to gladly spend their lives for the sake of the gospel of Christ. And so powerful passage Work out your own salvation yeah, with fear and trembling and hey, resist complaining mm. and desire to shine and be different in this world in which we live. It's really good. One more question that I want to draw attention to just right there. And, and Tim, you, you went exactly 
where I think it's obvious to go. But uh, question on page 35 of the curriculum that I'm looking at, how are we also to pour out our lives for God's glory? And then what does this look like daily? I think it is so important for your people to actually be able to answer that question, right? So if you ask it and you get deer in the headlights, then let me just encourage you as a former camp counselor, uh, be okay with awkward silence and you wait until they answer that question. Because man, if, if we don't have an answer for how we're gladly spending our lives, then that's a meaningless slogan. Uh, when in reality, it's supposed to be the one thing that drives everything. So, well, and that flows right into the measures. Um, and one of the measures that really stands out is as a guide, how can you help others to uh, see the way to live as lights in a dark world? Because um, we know that uh, every one of us is a guide and uh, we're guiding people somewhere. Um, we're guiding people in some direction. Um, so how do we do it in this way that, that Paul has called, that we would shine, that we would be different um, than those who don't have the light of Christ in them? Um, so uh, being that guide is very, very important. And as you uh, encourage your group to live it out, I'm going to work in backwards order here. Uh, the second live it out that we'll give to you is uh, just the general one that's in line with uh with 3 and 23's emphasis and, uh, you know, the kind of the bless evangelism style that we've challenged people to, still encouraging you to use this month to set up a time to share a meal with that person or family that you have been praying for. Uh, it's going to give you a chance to hear their story and possibly share yours. Uh, backwards to uh, live it out number one, which is an encouragement particular to this passage. Um, how are you prone to live as a complainer and a disputer? That's the question that you got to answer uh, and that your, your people got to answer. Um, and then instead, on the flip side of that, how might you submit to these uh, or submit these types of situations before God on a daily basis? Uh, again, there are things in life to complain about for sure. Uh, Paul's encouragement would be that we take those things to uh, God in prayer, that we present our requests to him. We receive help uh, from him and then we go out for him uh, living as, as lights and shining as stars. We have e-groups coming up. <laughs> And nice that, was, that was the old deer in the headlights that just happened right there, <laughs> speaking of. Uh, Kyle's going to uh, give that uh, encouragement as we look at uh, e-groups that will begin this coming Wednesday. Yes. Um, so we begin our second block of e-groups uh, this Wednesday. Uh, we've got three new classes. Um, uh, the first one is What Have We Done, which may be my favorite title of any class that we've done before, um, because I think it connects anybody who has been a parent has asked that question at mm. some point. What no doubt. have we done? Yes. Um, and so this is going to be a really unique class. We'll have a, a variety of couples sharing their experience and also um, answering some questions, going to have some discussion time uh, within the group. So all about parenting um, kids birth through fifth grade. And so, uh, definitely want to be a part of that. The second one buried in busyness. Again, one of those things that impacts every single one of us. And so Brian and Rick camp are going to be leading that one going to be really, really good and very helpful in this day and age. And then we have a new block of next steps going on. So if you have anybody in your group that uh, has been maybe one of those first time visitors or maybe one of those returning visitors, uh, you can connect them uh, with the next steps class on Wednesday night as well. So those are our three classes for this next block. 
I encourage you, life group leaders, if you've not signed up, to go ahead and get signed up and be a part of one of those uh, e-groups coming up, as well as as you are signing up, invite uh, someone in your group to come sign up with you and to connect with that uh, with that e-group. Yes, and I would encourage uh, your folks, too, even if they're not in the busiest season of their life, if they've survived that, yep. they will be good, good members of that class just to let others know, hey, you can live through this time. Yes. And even as parenting, what have we done? Uh, even if you don't have kids that age group, if you have parented through that age group, you could be a great encouragement in those e-groups. To be able to come alongside and mentor would be really huge, no doubt. Just to see you live through those moments, yes. <laughs> well, leaders, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. 